Well, good evening, good evening, good evening. Uh, I see uh, some of you all are coming into the chat and uh, let me welcome you all to Kaya and certainly delighted and elated that you all are taking time out of your busy schedules to uh, have conversation. And of course, I see many of you all loading up as far as our chat room is concerned and we want to thank God for your presence on this evening. Um, great to see. I, I see people in the chat room like Bosco and Jeff and uh, Sister Andrea and uh, the newly miss, the newly married Miss Ashley and Miss Ashley Rozier now. So uh, uh, we thank God for each and every one of you who who is joining us. Um, I, I would readily admit I see Sister Thomasina Barron. God bless you. Thank you for for joining us as well as others and. Uh, what I want you all to do is, uh, if you have any questions as far as tonight's conversation, tonight's presentation is concerned, don't uh, be afraid to uh, ask as far as the chat is concerned. Um, that will be uh, real great to know. Sister Denise, all the way from the ATL, good to see you, Sister Shanta Walker. We thank God for your presence as well. Um, uh, I can't wait till we can come back together again. So. Let's get started because uh, tonight I got uh, a lot of passages of scripture I want to read to you uh, to start uh, to uh, kind of engage us as far as tonight's conversation is concerned. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll get started as far as um, tonight's sharing is concerned. God, we come and we thank you uh, for this opportunity to um, have a conversation, um, insight, an in-depth teaching about uh, getting rid of my Judas, the pain of betrayal. And God, as we come tonight, we pray that you will uh, give us the heart and the mind to hear and receive and digest the things you desire for us to know. Show yourself mighty and strong, O oh God, in this moment and uh, help us as far as this capacity is concerned. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Um, this is a very interesting topic. I'm I, I and and I kind of want to just deal with the topic, get rid of my Judas the pain of trail. Um, I don't know if I would have named it this topic as far as getting rid of my Judas. And I think part of the reason why I would say uh I wouldn't name it my this this topic, uh get rid of my Judas, uh this was something that Marco dropped on me, the pain of betrayal, is because Sooner or later in your life, um, you're going to experience some form of betrayal. As a matter of fact, real love always carries the risk of being betrayed. Let me say that. Uh, real love always carries the risk of being betrayed. So I don't know if you ever get rid of your Judas. I probably would have said how to deal with Judas, um, the pain of betrayal. Um, I will also um, just, just mention that when we talk about betrayal, um, I, I will readily admit um, some biases about me. And I'm going to kind of put this out there. I, I don't do well with, with, with betrayal. Uh, I don't do well with people that I thought I can trust and they stab me in the back. Um, and I, I don't know if if I want Jesus to deliver me from that. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm just giving you my bias. Um, 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 
I think that particularly when it comes to uh, relationships um, uh, and things of that sort, um, uh, I, I just don't do well with 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 betrayal or, or disloyal folks. Um, um, and of course, I've witnessed that as far as my life is concerned. And I can imagine that many of you all have witnessed it as far as your life is concerned. And it could take place. Betrayal can take place in in many shapes and forms and relationships uh, as far as that's concerned. And so tonight, what we want to do is we want to really look at um, betrayal from the perspective of Jesus and Judas. And I kind of, since this is considered to be Holy Week or the Week of Passion, uh, want to try to unpack this in a very meaningful way. There are three scriptures that I want to share with you all as far as tonight's sharing is concerned and, um, and and start unpacking it. And hopefully and prayerfully, this will, will bless you. John 12, 1 through 11. And this is right after Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead. Okay. Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead. They were having um, dinner uh, at uh, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' house. And these words are printed in John 12, 1 through 11. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with Jesus. And Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the whole house or the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him. Now, this is John's commentary, okay? Uh, said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Uh, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. And had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you will have with you always, but me you do not have always. Now, a great many of the Jews that knew he was there and they came not for Jesus' sake, but that they might see Lazarus, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. So let's, let's, let's just start unpacking uh, this moment because I know many of us really wonder how is it if Jesus is the son of God, if Jesus is God in the flesh, and if Jesus knows all things, why would he even allow for somebody like a Judas Iscariot to enter and be part of the 12? Well, guess what? Jesus selected him. Let me say that again. Jesus selected Judas to be part of the 12. Now, let's be honest. If it were, well, let me be honest. If it was me, ain't no way on God's green earth and God's black universe 
that I would have selected Judas knowing that he had the capacity to betray me. And there is no, that's why Jesus is Jesus. And that's why I'm in need of the savior. Ain't no way in God on God's green earth. And ain't no way on God's black universe would I invite Judas to be part of my running crew. I'm trying to get folks that, that will tolerate me and, and, and like me. But Jesus selected him to be part of the 12. And not only did Jesus select him to be part of the 12, but somebody came up with a grand idea and scheme to allow for him to be, uh, uh, to, to, to handle the money. Okay. He was taking up the offering and was stealing from it every now and then. So <laughs> not only is he part of the 12 that Jesus ultimately knows that's going to betray him, but also at the same time, he is stealing from the brethren. Okay. He's stealing from the brethren. Now I'm getting ready to say something that is going to mess you up with this topic. I'm getting ready to say something that's going to mess you up with this topic. And you may not like it, but if you're going to do the work of the Lord, you're going to face this. There is a Judas assigned to every ministry. There is a Judas assigned to every person who is pursuing your divine purpose. There is a Judas assigned to those who are serious about fulfilling your, your destiny. You, you're not going to escape Judas. You, you, you're not. You're not going to escape Judas. Sooner or later, Judas is going to pop up on your radar screen, especially when you're doing the work of ministry. Now, now saint or sinner, Saved or unsaved, rich, poor, black, white, educated, uneducated, all of us sooner or later, we run across those people that we thought we could trust that cut us to the core and sell us out. All right. All right. But you got to understand that when you begin to do the work of, of ministry, uh, Judas, Judas is assigned to you and, and Judas is coming with a purpose of. Number one, betrayal. And number two, thievery. Judas will show up to steal your joy. Judas will show up to steal your peace. Uh, Judas will show up to steal your serenity. Judas will, will show up to steal your money. Judas will show up to steal your relationship, particularly with God. Judas will show up to steal your power. Judas will show up to steal your faith. Judas will show up to steal your trust. So, so not only is Judas on an assignment of betrayal, but Judas is also coming to take some stuff from you. And if he can betray you or if she can betray you as well as take from you, then they are in what I would call demonic glee. OK, 
Okay. All right. Now, again, as your pastor, I, I ain't too crazy about dealing with betrayal and thievery. Um, I, I, I just, that's now that's, you know, if, if I can, I, I don't want Judas to show up, but I have dealt with Judas's in, in my past. Okay. I've dealt with Judas's in, in my past. So Judas will show up and, and, and oftentimes, uh, Judas will be in the mix looking good, but up to no good. All right. So, 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 so here is Judas. He's been selected by Jesus and he's at the house. The religious leaders are there signifying, because watch this, Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead and the chief priests, the religious leaders, the, 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 the conservative evangelicals <laughs> have, 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 have plotted not only to kill Jesus, but Lazarus also. So, so in this particular pericope, you got to make a decision. Are you going to be Judas? Are you going to be Lazarus? Or are you going to be the chief priest? All of us play some type of role as far as a scenario in our relationship with Christ is concerned and, and, and it's, and it's ha uh, highlighted here. All right. But understand for every ministry, for every person that's pursuing their purpose, you have a Judas assigned to you. You, you have a Judas assigned to you. And in this week of passion and Holy week, um, um, that ain't good news. <laughs> that ain't good news. That's not good news. All right. Um, I want to lift up another passage of scripture as far as tonight's sharing is concerned. So I have read John's account in John chapter 12. I want to lift up Matthew 26, verse 20 through 25. And it reads like this. When evening had come, he being Jesus sat down with the 12. Now, as they were eating, this is Jesus instituting what is called the last supper. As he was eating, he said, assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. And each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? Now, I want you to catch this. Lord, is it I? Jesus answered and said, he who dip his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The son of man indeed goes just as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, watch this, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? He said to him, you have said it. Now, 
I want you to know something about this text. And I, I want to unpack this text in a very meaningful uh, and hopefully uh, insightful way. Because when you take notice of this text, you see that all the disciples are present at the table, the Passover table. They are celebrating what is called the Passover meal. And what Jesus is doing at this particular time is he's taking the Passover meal and he is now transitioning that Passover meal into the meal for the church. And when you, of course, read Matthew 26, you will see that Jesus talks about how the bread represents his body and how the wine represents his blood. And they had never heard anything like that before. Okay. So all the disciples are present at the table. Judas is present at the table. Judas is present at the table. And just as Jesus is instituting what we call the Lord's Supper or the Eucharist or communion, uh, Judas is present. Now, all the other disciples, and if you re read the text, you, you see what I'm saying. All the other disciples referred to Jesus as Lord. As Lord. I want you to catch this. As Lord. All right. The concept of Lord means that they have given Jesus implicit authority or either explicit authority to tell them what to do, where to go, how to flow, how to live, what to do with whatever they bring to the table. Are y'all with me? All right. So the other 11 referred to Jesus as Lord. Judas calls him rabbi. Did you catch that? Him being called rabbi, rabbi during that time is, is considered to be a highly revered teacher. All right. It, it is someone that you that 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 you link up with to learn things. Basically, this is what Jesus, this is what Judas is saying. This is what Judas is saying. Judas is saying, you can teach me and you can share your knowledge with me, but you can't tell me what to do with what you're teaching me. You can't tell me how to live. They refer to Jesus as Lord. Judas referred to Jesus as rabbi. My hermeneutic, my perspective of this text is Judas being able to say, I'll take your knowledge. I'll take what you're dropping. I'll take your pearls of wisdom. But you can't tell me how to live. You, you can't tell me what to do with what you're teaching me but I'm going to glean this stuff and I'm going to hang out in your orbit. Judas wants your substance, but not your spirit. Let me say that again. Judas wants your substance, not your spirit. Can I, can I, can I, can I share something with you all? That 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 I try to be very intentional with my staff, um, and um, I, I you know 
and really with the church, really with the church. Let me, let me see if I can share this with you all. And, and, and I hope that in this sharing, you all really, really gain another, another insight. You know, pastors, we've been, you know, you, you hear pastors talk about, I want you to catch the vision. I want you to catch the vision. I want you to catch the vision. Uh, we tell that to our staff. We tell that to our ministers. I want you to catch the vision. I want you to catch the vision. And 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 I would you know vision is it's fine. Vision is nice. Uh, vision is 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 cool. But I've never told my staff to catch my vision. I try to get my staff to catch my spirit, to catch my heart, because. If they catch my heart, if you understand my heart, vision is never a problem. But if you're able to catch a vision, but you don't have my heart, you can corrupt and mess up vision. But if you catch my heart, vision would never be a problem. This is why Jesus breathed on his disciples the Holy Spirit, because he really wanted them to catch spirit because once they called spirit vision would never be a problem so when you deal with judas judas wants your stuff but not your spirit okay judas 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 wants to be in your proximity but don't want to put your principles into practice um Am I helping somebody tonight? <laughs> so, so, so guess what? Um, as, as you deal with the Judases in your life, this is what you got to, to confront. This is what you got to, this is what you got to deal with. Because here's what I've discovered about Judas. Judas has a utilitarian motive. In other words, it's all about Judas. Judas is very utilitarian. And God knows I have been in relationships, friendships, ministry-wise, um, even in the dating scene, that was rather utilitarian. And I don't do well with utilitarian folk. I don't know about you. I'm just admitting my foibilities and I'm admitting my fault lines. And I don't know if I want Jesus to deliver me from this because it's a very good protective coding right now. <laughs> but I, I, I don't do don't do well. I cut folks off when I discover that they're utilitarian. You ain't, I, I'm, I'm just telling you how you pass the flow. And I know Lord's still working on me. God knows the Lord is still working on me. Let me say that one more time. The Lord is still working on me, but I don't do well with utilitarian folks. When I discover that you're really trying to use me, I'm done. I'm done. You ain't got to worry about me. I ain't trying to be in relationship with you. Okay. I, I, I ain't trying to have you in my circle. We good. You, you stay over there because I know how you float. Okay, 
But that's how that's that's how Judas is. Judas wants your stuff. Judas wants your substance, but not your your spirit. Not your spirit. Um. Uh, now, now, like I said, I'm like I said, I'm 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 just I'm I'm just I'm giving you where I am. I'm giving you where I am, and I I, I want to confess that where I am, um, um. Jesus is Jesus, and that's why Jesus is Jesus, because where I am, I know Jesus would rather for me to be in a different place right now, particularly when it comes to this, but I ain't there yet. And I don't know if I'm going to ever get there because I don't deal with disloyalty and betrayal and utilitarian folks. Well, that's just me. <laughs> okay. Um, let me let me um, keep pressing. And um, um, see um, Mark chapter 14, uh, verse 43 through 46. So what what I have done is I have brought you from where Judas is really uh, called out in John chapter 12, where Jesus has instituted the Lord's Supper. Uh, This is after he has washed the feet of the disciples. He institutes Lord's Supper. That's in Matthew 26. Now I want to call out Mark 14, verse 43 through 46. This is dealing now with the capture of Jesus. And and it says, and immediately while Jesus was still speaking, Judas, he still identified, check this out, y'all, as one of the 12 with a great multitude of swords and clubs came from the chief priests church folks, and the scribes, lawyers, and the elders, community leaders, church folks, lawyers, community elders. Now, his betrayer had given them a signal saying, whomever I kiss, he is the one, seize him and lead him away safely. And you know good and well that whenever they 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 seize Jesus, they ain't trying to be safe with him. And as soon as he had come, immediately he went to him and said to him, Rabbi, Rabbi, there he go calling him Rabbi again. He ain't said Lord, Lord. Say Rabbi, Rabbi. See, you gotta be careful what Judas calls you. Rabbi, Rabbi, teacher, teacher, and he kissed him, and they laid hands on him. And took him. When betrayal came to Jesus, notice that there is cooperation and there's collaboration from the religious, political, and legal arenas of his day. The religious, the chief priests, the political, the elders, the legal, the scribes. Okay. Those who were in high positions seldom helped to perpetuate the work, the words, the witness, and the worship of Jesus Christ. Okay. And this is how Judas was able to find an alliance with the leaders of his day. So if you're going to deal with your Judas, if you're going to Watch out for your Judas. This is what you need to look for. You need to look for some, some signs. And, and, and I would say that one of the signs you need to look for is 
um, undisciplined ambition. Undisciplined ambition. Judas really probably wanted to be the leader of the 12. And, and he wasn't invited into the inner sanctum of Jesus's circle. You know, Peter, James, and John, they really got to see a whole lot of things that, 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 that Jesus revealed to them that the other nine did not get. Now, Here's what you got to understand. And, and, and what I'm doing is I'm giving you a quick synopsis of the last days of Jesus's ministry, because during the last day of Jesus ministry, Jesus did some things that were very, that's, that's very interesting. Jesus, um, um, after Peter has acknowledged Jesus as being the son of the living God. And Jesus says, um, Peter, you know, um, you know, you didn't come up with this on your own. My father, which is in heaven, revealed it to you. And Peter, you're the rock. And upon this rock, upon your confession, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. He calls Peter rock. And then a few chapters later, he calls him the devil. <laughs> he calls Peter Satan. He says, um, Simon, Satan desires to sift you like wheat. And he tells Peter, you know, when, and, and because, you know, you're going to deny me. But when you're converted straight to your brother and Jesus says, Peter says, I'm not going to do that. And Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan. So he calls Peter Satan because Peter didn't understand the spiritual nature of the kingdom that Jesus was coming to establish. And when Judas heard this. He became disappointed. And his ambition became uh, disappointed. Um, in his psyche, he was looking for Jesus to make him like a little governor of a, of a province when Jesus came into his kingdom. And really, all the disciples were looking for that. Because remember, James and John's mama approached Jesus one day and said, when you come into your kingdom, you know, put my son one to the right and one to the left. And Jesus said, do you know what you're asking for? Can you drink of the cup that I'm getting ready to drink of? And they say, oh, yes, we sure. He said, oh, yeah, you're going to taste it. But I don't think you're ready for it. They were looking for a physical, tangible, political kingdom where Jesus was going to overthrow the Roman government and then send them out throughout the different provinces of Rome, set them up as little governors or kings, sort of like Herod was and Pilate and all those folks, that they could rule over an area. That's what they were looking for. But guess what? That was not going to happen. That was not going to happen. So Judas, in his undisciplined ambition, tries to create a moment of political revolution, kind of sort of like them crazy folks did on January the 6th, those insurrectionists. <laughs> so, so, so really, Judas is, is, is a biblical insurrectionist because he's trying to get Jesus to behave like Donald Trump. He, he wants Jesus to use his miraculous supernatural power 
that when those people would come and grab him in the garden and put their arms around him, he would look for Jesus, do like the Incredible Hulk and call upon supernatural powers and blow up in front of them and announce his kingdom. He was sorely disappointed. Kind of sort of like those insurrectionists and Kudanon folks were sorely disappointed on January 6th, on March 6th, and even now because they realized that Donald Trump did not have the Jews that they thought he, he had. But with Jesus, Jesus had the Jews, but that wasn't the reason that he had the Jews. Okay. So his undisciplined ambition um, created a problem for him. Not, not, only, not only did he have undisciplined, he, he was... He was jealous. Your betrayer will be jealous of you. He was jealous. See, whether you realize or not, Judas was the only apostle from Judea. All the other apostles were from Galilee. So Judas was kind of sort of like an outsider that was part of the inside crowd. So he was suspicious about the smallest of things, the smallest of slights. And, 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 and if you look at the text that I read for you earlier, Jesus put Judas in check about Mary anointing him. Remember, Judas was jealous that Jesus was being anointed. I read that for you in 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 in, in, in I, read, I read that for you in John in John twelve. He he was jealous that Jesus was being anointed by Mary with this expensive perfume that was approximately at that time almost a year's wages. Folks that will betray you, you can always trace it back to a, a sense of being jealous about you. Your, your, your betrayer will be, will be jealous about you. So you got to be guarded uh, with that. I think another thing about, about, about dealing with a betrayer is that they're covetousness. They're very uh, covetous. Now, now, there's a difference between being jealous and being covetous. When you covet something, uh, you want something that does not belong to you. Judas was stealing from the treasury. They had entrusted Judas with the treasury for the disciples, and he was stealing from it. He was stingy. And he was a thief. And he wanted something that did not belong to him. The money did not belong to him, but he treated it like it was his own. Please, ma'am, please, sir, understand that whenever you have to deal with the betrayer, they want your anointing. 
but they don't know what you got to go through in order to maintain the veracity of your anointing. And they don't want to go through it. They just want it. They want what they what what they perceive to be prestige, but they don't understand that what they see is only one tenth of the hard work. It's like an iceberg. The nine tenth is beneath the water, the surface, and they ain't willing to do the nine tenth. They just want the one tenth. Judas wants stuff that does not belong to him or her. There, there's something else that I want to bring up. And, and, and that is when you deal with ambition and jealousy and covetousness, you also got to deal with Judas underestimating you. <laughs> uh, Judas underestimated Jesus. And can I tell you how he underestimated Jesus? He underestimated Jesus because, first of all, he sells Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. Silver, not gold, not platinum. Silver. Not Bitcoin. Silver. That's the price of a wounded slave. Did, did you hear me? That, that's the price of a slave that has been injured. But I guess Judas really didn't know that he was kind of, in a sense, even with his underestimation, kind of bringing prophecy into fulfillment when we talk about in Isaiah chapter 53, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of, of, of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we can claim our healing. He was wounded. 30 pieces of silver, a wounded slave. And then the betrayer will add insult to injury because he betrayed Jesus with the kiss of a friend. I, I, like I told you, I'm, I'm, I'm your pastor's just being honest. I don't, I don't do well with betrayal and disloyal Negroes and Negroesses. That's just me. I, I guess for me, that's kind of like a defense mechanism, but, 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 one thing I've discovered that the only reason that Jesus can be betrayed in the first place. And this is this is what's going to get a whole lot of y'all. The only reason that Jesus can be betrayed in the first place. Is that the only way somebody can betray you is that they got to be close to you. An enemy can't betray you. I think I'm talking good now. Let me say that again. An enemy can't betray you. You ain't betrayed by your enemies. You're betrayed by folks that are close to you. You're betrayed by people that you open yourself to, to be in close proximity to you. Um, um, so as, 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 as I try to wrap up, 
um, this this moment. Let me let me tell you some ways that you can deal with it. And I got this from um, a post that I read um, on Huffington Post by this doctor named Carmen Hera. And uh, she talks about ways to, to deal with being betrayed and the ways that she listed, they ain't in the, well, some of them are in the Bible, some ain't. Because the way that Jesus dealt with betrayal was that he went through the cross on Calvary and God resurrected him. Judas realized what he had done, went and turned the silver back into the chief priest, and he went and committed suicide. Carmen Harris says that if you want to deal with betrayal, first of all, um, you, you, you got to erase the impact of betrayal. For you and I, if we're going to erase the impact of betrayal, this is where we have to really fortify our relationship with God. The next one is forgive. Forgive. Forgiving doesn't mean that you accept the wrong behavior of others. It means that you got to to detach yourself from the pain and frustration and bitterness that's buried within. Do y'all remember that ship that was stuck in the Suez Canal last week for six days, stopping up the flow of products to the world's market. Forgiveness is like a ship being dislodged from being stuck. And your life is like an open sea when you give pardon to the past. But as long as you stay stuck in your hatred and your anger against others, nothing is going to flow. So, so you got to forgive uh, a person but you may have to do it like Jesus did and say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Um, number three is throw the betrayal away. Um, get it out your system. Write it down. You know, um, type, type, type a letter and then delete it. But you got, you, you, you got to um, eliminate you got to eliminate what betrayal has done. And, and then you got to start trusting again. You, you got to start trusting again. Um, your trust wasn't damaged immediately, so it ain't going to be built back immediately. Um, you got to develop that sense of confidence and goodwill toward other cause. Everybody's not out to betray you and get you. So you got to you got to do that again. And, and you have to uh, find others who have faith to walk this journey with you. To encourage you. Then you got to start trusting yourself and put faith back in yourself. Um, and then. And, and, and hopefully this bless somebody. Detach from people you don't trust. Ain't no reason to put up with folks that you 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 don't trust. Uh, you don't need them in your life anyway. 
and you got to be selective about the people that you bring into your space. Um, another thing is, don't you betray. You know what that feels like. And then you got to envision a future of being free from the pain of betrayal. Um, you, you got to be intentional about that. And part of that means you got to control your feelings, control your emotions. Nothing wrong with emotions. They can either be your best friend or your worst enemy. But so many of us, when we've been betrayed, we get stuck in our feelings. It can block some positive thing in our lives and it can impact us physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. Um, Depression sets in. Your health starts getting bad. Um, you, you get stuck in that, that moment of, of betrayal. Um, and then you got to really step out and trust God unashamedly. Okay. Um, and, and, and with that, allow for the Lord to affirm the essence of your faith, uh, every day. So this requires, this requires you acknowledging that you have been betrayed. Now, I want to close with this because this is the mind-blowing thing and this is what separates Jesus from, from, from any of us. And I close with this. Peter denied Jesus. When he was in watching Jesus being beaten on that Thursday night going into that Friday morning, he denied Jesus. Folks came up to him and said, didn't you hang out with Jesus? He's like, no, I don't even know him. I'll be honest, that was probably the first time that Peter ever told the truth about Jesus. <laughs> he really didn't know him. And interestingly, a whole lot of folks that were insiders that were close to Jesus didn't know him either. Judas betrayed Jesus because he really didn't know him. And here's the crazy thing about Jesus that I believe. And this is why Jesus is Jesus. And he continues to work on me. Had Judas remained alive. And when Jesus was resurrected from the dead. If Judas had remained alive, I believe. That Jesus would have forgiven him. Failure does not have to be fatal. And failure does not have to be final. If there is good news as far as Jesus Christ is concerned, anybody that still has life, health, and strength is redeemable. Even Judas. But that's why Jesus is Jesus. That's why I worship him. And that's why I'm not Jesus. Um, because when it comes to this work, it is, um, deep work, but also at the same time, this ought to make us worthy of our master. It is that act of betrayal that becomes the springboard to Jesus' redemptive and atoning work 
on that Good Friday. Um, this is where Jesus is able to take that which was bad, like Joseph, when he was betrayed and sold by his brothers, take what was meant for evil and work it out for good. Paul was correct when he said that all things, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord, who are the called according to his purpose. Amen. Well, what I want to do is um, if you have any questions, uh, if you have any questions, um, um, I give you the opportunity to share uh, your question in the chat. I'm able to 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 see that um, as far as your question. And um, I see someone, uh, Karen, Miss Karen saying, uh, how is erase and forgetting different? Can't erase pencils have erases, but I can't erase pencils. I'm trying to figure out if this question is, is. I read it as how is erase and forgetting different? I can't erase a pencil, but erase, um, I can't, um, pencils have erasers, but I do not. Okay. So, um, when when we talk about when we talk about the act of um well first of all i never said forget i talked about forgive but forgiving doesn't mean forgetting what 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 forgiveness means is that you do not allow for that pain um to prevent you from doing what God will have for you to do or moving beyond what that is. So uh, I never said forget forgetting, um, but forgiveness is very important. And biblical forgiveness oftentimes require whenever we engage in an act of forgiveness, we like for folks to come and apologize. But sometimes they aren't able to apologize. So do you still hold on to what you're holding on to as far as forgiveness is concerned until they come and apologize? And I believe that Jesus really gives us an example of what happens when folks don't apologize, but you're called to forget to forgive. And Jesus did that in very good fashion on the cross when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Father, God, forgive them for they know not what they do. There are times when you have to put things in the hands of God to do the act of forgiving so you can move on with your sense of purpose and destiny because you may not have the power to forgive. Um, um, as far as um, erase, um, I'm trying to figure out where where the, the, the erasing aspect come from, in fact, erasing the, the, the imprints of betrayal. Basically, that 
when I talk about erasing the, the imprints of the betrayal, um, that requires you developing your relationship with God, whereby God is able to clean your heart and to erase um, uh, the pain that, that those wounds have brought, where, you're, where you have the scars, but you don't have the sores. I think I just helped somebody. When you, if you go through the act of betrayal, you may have the scars of betrayal. But you don't have to have the sores of betrayal. Scars mean that something has been healed. And so when I talk about erasing, that is you developing. That's you developing. An intentional, deep relationship with God that requires you to do some work like meditation. That requires you asking God to remove the angst of that pain. Um, you know, it's not something you can do in and of yourself. So hopefully um, that, that helps. You can't do the erasing. God has to do that. Any other questions? All right. Uh, let me see. I forgot. For, I forgave and apologize. Why is it so hard for others to do the same? That's a good question. Um, you can't be responsible for what other folks do. And they're not on your journey. And what you have to do is you got to do that which is going to be best for you. So you don't be like that stuck ship in the Suez Canal, can't go nowhere and you blocking up your own flow. You have to allow for the tugboats of grace, mercy, love, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. You have to allow for those tugboats to move you to a place where you're situated in that canal so that other things can flow out as you move forward. Or else you're going to be stuck and ain't nothing going to happen and you ain't going to get what you need to get and you may wind up preventing others from getting what they need to get. So it ain't about them, it's about you. All right, any other question? Any other question? That's all that I'm seeing, Pastor, on all the platforms. All right. Well, I hope that you all have been helped tonight. Um, I pray that um, this has been um, some good sharing. And um, I believe that um, we will be doing Kaya, of course, next month. And we solicit your prayers. Uh, I'm getting ready to have our prayer call at 815. And so for those of you all that would like to join us, we look forward to you uh, joining us in about 14 minutes. Listen, God bless you. Have a smile upon you. Take care of yourselves and be blessed.